1: Go to Shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come on, let's work. Come Come
2: on. You can wish for it
1: or you can work for it. You got to work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Come on, let's work.
2: Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coryell, So excited to have you back for another week. I hope that you are ready to get this work. This episode is brought to you by Busy at the Beach, my quarterly weekend getaway for goal-getting women. Meet our boss babes where it all started in Cancun, Mexico, for our fifth birthday beach bash, August 8th through 11th. To find out how you can attend, visit BusyAtTheBeach.com. So today we are talking to Olori Swank. Olori is a serial entrepreneur, celebrity fashion stylist, and author who's well-known for her electric blue hair and fearless style. Olori, are you ready to confess? I am. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for being here. So I always like to start um, the conversation by asking what your professional background is, because I always find it so interesting how our passions tend to lead us away from our profession. So what did you actually start your career doing?
3: Well, (laughs) this is a funny story. Um, I was at the University of Georgia, and my intentions was to become a neurosurgeon, so i actually have science-based degrees no i am not using them because as you guys know i'm now a fashion stylist and an entrepreneur but in me graduating i went to school four years all year round because i wanted to get multiple degrees at the same time without going over four years so i never took a summer vacation i was pretty much in school all year round all four years And when I graduated, I told myself I was going to take a year off. It was going to be kind of a a vacation for me. I was just going to be living my best life until I decided to go to med school the next year. And in that year, I met the VP of a for Jive Records. He was obsessed with my style. At the time, I did not know that he was actually talking about my wardrobe because when he asked me to style a new artist that he just signed, my response to him was, I don't do hair. I didn't even know fashion styling was a job or a thing. Um, but I agreed to it anyway, because he said, you know, just dress her how you dress and we'll be fine. So here I am thinking I'm doing someone a favor until an hour later, the accounting department of Sony BMG calls me because they own Jive Records at the time. And they're like, we need an EIN number. And where are we wiring this budget to? I mean, routing numbers, all these things that I had never Heard of or had any idea about, they were throwing them at me left and right. And because I'm really good at adapting to situations, I told her I was in the middle of something and I would give her a call back in an hour. And I spent that time Googling every single possible thing I can find on how to start a business, what you need. Um, how to be a fashion stylist, what they charge and things of that nature. And I literally set up a company in seven days. I had everything from a bank account to a PO box. I had filed my articles of incorporation with the secretary of state. Like I was officially ready to go. And I've been styling ever since. I love it. It's so funny how your
2: purpose sometimes finds you, even though you weren't even looking for it. Like you literally stumbled upon a a lucrative career, a career that so many people um, admire you for, and it wasn't even something that you set out to do. And that just goes to show sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time. And when you're doing the right things and you're on the right path, God will sometimes surprise you, you know, and show you things that you didn't even see for yourself. Yourself. So I love that, you know, you, you kind of figured it out. You were faced with, you know, something you were not necessarily familiar with, but nobody knew it because you were able to, you know, use those skills to really um, do what you needed to do, get the research done that you needed and set up that business in time to be able to collect that check. So I love how it just kind of naturally um, unfolded for you. But I know after you spent those years um, going after that degree, I know people were looking at you kind of funny. When you're like, nope, not gonna use it, not gonna be, you know, a neuroscientist, not gonna be doing, you know, the things that y'all thought I was gonna be doing. How did you deal with the doubts of those around you because you decided to do things differently and you weren't gonna be using that degree?
3: Um, To be completely honest, I've always been someone who moved after the beat of my own drum. Um, I've never let the voices outside me speak louder than the ones inside me. And so having people say things or worry about what I'm doing, I I wasn't really bothered or moved by that. Plus for me, school was always easy. Um, I think that's why I was in it for so long and why I just naturally loved school. Like I graduated with honors. I went to school on a full academic scholarship. I actually had more scholarship money what i needed to go to school and my university used to send me a refund check every month and i was going shopping and doing all kind of stuff which is crazy now but school school for me was just a thing it was something that i was good at and something that i was doing so even when people were like oh well you're not going to school like i always knew if i wanted to i could go back and it would be easy but it wasn't a challenge for me styling was what i was passionate about it was challenging learning the business, and it I make it sound easy now in hindsight, but it wasn't. Um, I mean, even simple things like how much do you charge? I was styling for years before I even knew what I should be charging. And people don't think about those types of things when they just want to get into the business. So because I was so focused on excelling at what I was working on at the time, which was styling, I wasn't really distracted by what anyone else might have been saying about me going in a different path from what everyone thought I should be doing. And what I realized too is nine times out of 10, those
2: people who are judging like the decisions that you're making, they probably haven't made the best decisions in their life because the people who have like those people who are really successful, they don't typically question your decisions. They just help you try to get there. You know, they see, um, you know, the dream with you and they help you try to achieve it versus being a distraction and trying to deter you from it. Um, So I love that you were never really like, sidetracked by the opinions of other people um i have to admit right i am like not um the most fashionable person in the world i'm probably like the least fashionable person dressing is just not my thing but as i evolve in business i realize how important your appearance truly is and how your image can actually affect your income why do you think it's so important for women um, especially
3: entrepreneurial women to look the part that they want to play Um, I always say that style and your fashion is how you introduce yourself before you say a word. Although everyone likes to believe we live in a world where we're not being judged. I mean, everyone is judging a book by its cover. Your first impression, your style and your appearance has a lot to do with the first impression that someone has of you. So dress how you want to be addressed. And it doesn't just go for women and entrepreneurs. I mean, I've been hired by different companies to come in and speak to their sales teams about the importance of their appearance. For example, if you're selling um, luxury cars You need to look like you actually drive those cars. You can't come in with oversized jeans and a sloppy T-shirt like you have to look presentable. And so your appearance has a lot to do with people's perception. And the sooner you realize that, the better off you are in making those great first impressions. So speaking of perf- uh,
2: perceptions, people's perceptions, working in the entertainment industry where everyone is perceived as perfect, um, it, I think that it can do a number on your spirit and your self-esteem. How do you manage to like keep your head held high and not lose sight of who you are because of the industry that you're in?
3: Um, one of the biggest things for me was determining my why very early. I think when you know your why, then you can figure out the how. Um, We do work in an industry where we're always being judged, we're being torn down, et cetera, et cetera. But when you find something bigger than that, which for me is my why, it kind of blocks out all of the empty noise. That is so
2: important and and I definitely feel that you know the the spirituality aspect we don 't talk about it enough when it comes to um, success and what what it 's really like to you know build these businesses and have these successful careers, but I know for a fact if i didn't have the faith that I have, I would not have been able to sustain, you know, any level of success. You can get there, but are you going to be able to keep it? I definitely think that relationship, um, you know, with a higher power, whatever higher power that happens to be for you is definitely crucial when it comes to be able to sustain um, your success. So I love the way that you have been able to diversify your income streams. Although you started your career as a stylist, you don't just offer styling services. You also have an online shop. You've written books. You have a coloring book. Why do you think it's so important to have multiple streams of income?
3: Um, it's definitely important to have multiple streams of income because you never know when one of those streams is going to fall off, to be completely honest. Um, I think I've been blessed to have a solution based mind. I tend to seek out problems and figure out ways that I can fix them and then. Thanks to God, um, I've found ways to make them profitable. So I started off styling, but in me styling and trying to figure out the business, I realized that there were no real resources For me, someone who had never interned or assisted anyone to learn the business. And so I created my fashion styling workshops. And then I realized, okay, there's women who want to work with me, but can't necessarily afford my services, or I can't reach them because I'm on this side of the country and they're on the other. And I needed a way for them to be able to access my style. So I created an online store. Um, All of my businesses I think have just kind of evolved from everyday situations that I feel like someone is facing um, or things that people have asked me for. Like my books came from a place of people wanting to learn more and wanting to know things about me outside of just fashion and styling. People are obsessed with my hair. They want to know how I do that. Um, my makeup and and things like that. So although I would like to say that I had all of this planned out and I had this elaborate plan of coming up with all of these income streams, I think they just kind of happened organically because I was paying a lot of attention to what my consumer wanted from me. Such a good point.
2: People will tell you what they want from you. Like we start a business thinking we're going to be doing one thing, and then you'll quickly learn what people want, what they value, what they're interested in. And so I love that you've been able to like naturally um, evolve within your brand. And that shows how loyal your, your not followers, I hate calling people that, how loyal your supporters are to be able to support your fashion, styling, your books, you know, all of the different things that you offer. Um, they, they're obviously invested in you. And I believe it's because you've created this movement from a really organic, uh, organic place. So yeah, I I what would to, you, try. I'm, sorry, I'm
3: sorry. Um, what would you say is like the biggest misconception about entrepreneurship? Oh, I think the biggest misconception about entrepreneurship is that it's easy or that if it's your passion, that it shouldn't be difficult. So, I think that kind of deters a lot of people who start off in entrepreneurship because they're like, well, if I was supposed to be doing this, it wouldn't be as hard. And so they quit early. But real entrepreneurs know that you kind of give up your nine to five to work even harder, to work more hours like you never get to get off the clock. You don't get sick days. Um, It might look and appear glamorous, but you're actually doing way more work than if you were working a corporate job or something else. So I would definitely say that the biggest perception is that you can leave your nine to five job to go work something, quote unquote, easier, or that you would enjoy um, more than where you're at. You, You might not necessarily like being an entrepreneur every single day. I know that overall, I love it, but on some days I really hate it. I'm like, oh, I'm sick today. I don't want to get up. I would love the luxury of being able to call in um, and say, oh, I'm not coming to work today, but I have to figure it out. So I would say that between people thinking that it's easy and thinking that they don't have to work harder than if they were at a nine to five would be the two biggest ones.
2: Listen, if you don't want to work, entrepreneurship is not for you because guess what? Pay time off like that sounds, that sounds like such a luxury for an entrepreneur. Like there is no such thing. There's no guarantees that this month's check is going to look like last month's check unless you get out there and work for it. So I definitely think, you know, those are two big misconceptions that it's just going to be easy peasy, you know, once you walk away from that 9 to 5. But on the flip side of things, what would you say is like your favorite part of being an entrepreneur?
3: Um my favorite part of being an entrepreneur is probably the flexibility, um, being able to craft my own life. Um, and almost feeling like I don't have any limits. I realize that the limits, the only limits that I have are the ones that I impose on myself. And I think being an entrepreneur gave me that confidence and almost that reassurance of you can really do whatever you want to do as long as you're willing to work for it. So, yeah, that would be my answer. So, so true. So, okay,
2: knowing what you know about college and student loans, what do you plan to teach your kids about college? Because that is like where I get like, okay, this is going to be a hard one because. The everybody I know, literally everyone I know has some form of student debt that they are dealing with. And a lot of the people I know, their careers don't match the amount of student loan debt that they have. So with you having the success that you have had, carving out your own lane, doing things your own way, what do you feel like is going to be your philosophy to your kids about college?
3: Well, thankfully, um, I didn't have student loans because, you know, my school was paid for um, with academic scholarships, but I do have plenty friends who are facing these student loans. And like you said, the salaries don't match up. I think what I would tell my kids is you have to go to school with a plan and you're not going there just because mommy and daddy said you need to go or because society said you need to go. You need to go and actually learn something. And outside of learning what you're being taught, like biology and calculus and all these other things, you need to learn how to network. You need to learn transferable skills that can work outside of your career. I think that was what um, college really, really helped me with is learning a sense of responsibility. Like mommy and daddy isn't there to wake you up every day. Your professor hands you a syllabus on the first day and he's not checking in with you every day to make sure you're studying and stuff like that. So I would tell them to really just focus on learning how to be an adult and learning how to make responsible decisions. Very, very good advice.
2: And you know, I, I, it kills me every time I hear someone say that they don't have any student loans because I literally graduated from undergrad with $0 in student loan debt and took my silly self to get a master's degree and racked up so much debt that I didn't even need. Like it's disturbing. So shout out to you for doing things the smart way and not getting caught up with Sally Mae's uh, schemes and scams. Um, but speaking of mommy and daddy, How is dating going as you continue to evolve? Like as you attain more levels of success, do you feel like dating becomes more difficult?
3: Mm, I think that, well, to speak for my, actually, okay. So I, I have two views on this because I have several friends who are like, oh, the more successful I get, I'm never gonna be able to find anyone. And then when it comes to me, I'm kind of like, well, I meet people all the time, but I think the the difference is the circles that you're putting yourself in and how intentional you are being with what you want. Um, unfortunately for us women, I think we kind of, I don't know if society taught us this, our moms or what, but we feel like men are just supposed to kind of fall out of the sky and maybe find us randomly. Um, I I think we need to be more intentional about the circles that we put ourselves in. A lot of times when women are like, oh, I can't find anybody or I can't find Mr. Right. It's because they're not looking in the places that Mr. Right might be. Another problem is I don't think a lot of women are preparing themselves for the type of men that they want. Like, you want a man that has a six-pack and works out all the time, but you don't go to the gym and your eating habits are piss poor. So would the man that you want want you? I think Editor. that's the bigger question is instead of just kind of waiting around and um, hoping for Mr. Right to show up, I think if you prepare yourself and you work on you and you become the person that you would want to date – eventually you would find yourself in that space where you meet the man that you want. So, so true. You have
2: to prepare for what you say that you want. I believe you're not going to receive it until you're ready. And the things that you receive until then are not going to be right. So such good advice. Last question. And I have to ask this question because I know people are going to be tuning in who are interested in fashion. The fashion Industry, personal styling, all of those things. What would you say is like just one or two quick tips? Um, and I'm sure you get this question all the time, but what are one or two quick tips for people who are interested in breaking into the industry?
3: My first tip would be to do a ton of research. Know your designers, know different fashion stylists, watch their stories, um, look at their trajectories of how they got to where they're at in their career. Um, also, network, put yourself out there. Um, Go to different fashion events, shake hands with people, tell them what you're interested in, find someone to assist or intern under. If you can't find anyone to do those things under, definitely take some workshops. You should constantly be learning and constantly be networking.
2: Oh, Lori, I have truly enjoyed this conversation. And I know that my ladies appreciate all these gems that you've been dropping. So can you please let them know where they can
3: find you online and how they can connect with you on social media? You can find me online at my website, which is www.olorieswank.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All of my handles are all the same. And they are at Swank.
2: This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. See you next week.